This is alternative history. Darn it! This is alternative. <laughs> oh my god! This is alternative history. And welcome to the Alternative History Podcast. I am Rodrigo Monaco Barros. I'm Brian Fisher. Hello and good evening. We are the Alternative History Podcast, where we will provide you with a topic, uh, and we will determine whether or not there should have been an alternative history or a different result. Uh, so, for example, we're going to look at the 1982 Brewers, perhaps, down the line. Uh, this team lost a seven-game series with the St. Louis Cardinals. Certain factors were in play. We're going to decide whether or not this team deserved an alternative history. And they probably do, but we'll discuss that later. We're homeless. But we're from Milwaukee. Good, <laughs> from West. Exactly. Neighborhood. So we should probably talk a little bit about how we how we came to the idea of this kind of podcast. So, I mean, alternative history isn't really anything new, right? I mean, people have been doing it for a while. I mean, Quentin Tarantino did it in one of his movies where... He basically killed Hitler in a my different least, way. My least favorite. It didn't change, the, you know, the total outcome. Like some things do. Like when there's the show uh, Man in the High Castle. Just today, we read that they're making an alternate history on uh, a Civil War on HBO yeah. called The Confederate or Confederacy, yeah. whatever. So, like, just and like Brian said, it's not a new idea. It's not a new idea, and and I think we do it all the time, and we may not even acknowledge it. And when we were talking about doing a podcast, Rod came up to me with an idea about talking about losers, right? Essentially losers, it plays with what we're saying about alternative histories, how everybody wants to make changes or how people wish things were different. Sure. And so when we say losers, it seems kind of hard to say it that way. I would almost, as we were thinking about this more and more, prefer to call people non-victorious. It's not so much that they were losers, right? It's just that they didn't get the outcome, the desired outcome that they wanted. The optimal result so, was not achieved, basically. And, and we want to talk about, like, why and what? Yeah, like, yeah. like so, so, so like we said, when we talk about losers. We determined that, or I came up with the idea that I felt like you know when you talk about the best, the the optimal result, it's not like anything new. It's not anything fantastic. I feel like people have already told those stories, and I don't want to retread stories. I want to tell different stories, and I feel like telling the stories as to why this optimal result didn't occur, I find that we can find beauty in those stories. Sure. And I really want to tell those stories. Yeah, and, and when we were talking about how we were going to approach that, we uh, we went through a couple different ideas and we ended up with alternative history. And when I when we're, when I came up with, with I, didn't, I, I didn't invent the idea of alternative history, I understand that, but when I came up with the idea to you know use that as the, the theme of our podcast, it, it was, there was a uh, I, would, I had read or I heard on NPR about uh, Kellyanne Conway saying that they came up with alternative facts about the size of Trump's inauguration. So I mean, right there, they're they're basically I mean, you can call it lying, you can call it omitting. They're basically changing what, what history history what they think happened to suit their own needs. And and I mean, and that's kind of what what we're going to be doing here. We're going we're going to be looking at what happened. And if we think, based on, you know, telling you the story of what happened, if we think there should have been a different result. An alternative history. Yeah, and I mean, we, we do it all the time. I'm, like, in my case, you know, I, I got a perm when I was, like, 12 years old, and I don't tell anyone about that shit. Now I'm telling the entire world, but, like, 
I omitted that from my personal history for a long time. Like, my alternative history was... It didn't happen. From age 12 until this very moment, I didn't get a perm. Never happened. Even though the dude next door to me that got a perm looked pretty badass in one. But anyhow, didn't happen, right? So, I, alternative history. But... Yes and no. Keep in mind, folks, that we're not going to be talking about those kind of topics. We're not going to be talking about my personal <laughs> hair choices. Yes. Because that, that's the other thing. Is, again, we're trying to get to the point that we want to tell stories. And we want to tell stories about the things that essentially connect us. You know what I mean? Like books, people, product, music, sports, movies. Call it, you can call it pop, pop culture, culture, right? I mean, and sometimes that's used as a dirty word, but it is what connects us as a society. As people, as a whole. Like... like and so, the way we want to do it, like I say, we're going to propose theses, if you will. We're going to come up with an idea. So, again, earlier the example was the 82 Brewers. I think the 82 Brewers should have won that World Series, and that would have been their alternative history. So that would be the thesis for that one. Like That's kind of how we want to talk about it. We want to give you guys the topic. We want to discuss it once we tell you what we want to do, and we want to debate, and we want to really delve deep and, and see some of the stuff that happened with this, whatever topic it is. And we're going we're gonna to talk about the topic. We're going to tell you what happened. We're going to debate it come to a conclusion and we're going to see where that fits in our own personal alternative universe and at the end we'll discuss that was alternative universes absolutely sure. you know for sure and if you want if you, if you got any uh, you know ideas about that feel free to you know send us an email at alternative history podcast at gmail.com twitter you can find us at alt, alternative history at alt history pc correct and so, without much ado, or without further ado, let's move on. This, sure. uh, this week's topic is the movie called The Jazz Singer. I feel, or my alternative history, my thesis is that the alternative, oh, the alternative history, that the Jazz Singer should have been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, and the they found the well, 1929 was the first year that the uh, Oscars, Academy Awards, I think they were called at that point, that were held. The first year they held them. Yeah, yeah. and and they kind of they, they they excluded the Jazz Singer. It was within the time frame that the 29 awards were looking at, but... They, 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 they looked at 1927 1929 yeah. movies came out those two years. I'm yeah. sorry, 1927 When did Jazz Singer come out? 1927. 1927. October. October. So they excluded it because it was a talkie, because it wouldn't have been fair to all the other silent movies that were eventually nominated for Best Picture. And, I mean... It's kind of Luddite-ish. It's kind I mean, of back then there wasn't very very much technology. I mean, there's some, but I don't know if the term Luddite existed, but it was kind of Luddite-ish, you know? Like, yeah. like, well, you know, it might not be fair because, you know, they're talking. And and, and again, and the reason that I kind of decided this or that I looked at this film is like, because after this film, everything changes. Like, they're all talking. Yeah, about like, it's, it's the benchmark for the, you know, complete, you know, change in, in, in the, the whole cinema. industry. And so yeah. to exclude it for that, I thought was silly, especially because after it, all of the movies are talkies, and no other silent film wins Best Picture until 2011, I think, with the movie called The Artist. So, like, so I guess the first alternative history of this podcast is that rule doesn't exist. That, that's the thing. Is like it should have been nominated. Exactly. Kind of, like, it's, it's a new point with that. But again, we don't have to say it's there. My, my whole argument is this movie should have been nominated for Best sure. Picture. So let's break into the movie a little bit, shall we? So the film starts with us at a, at a jazz joint. A child, Jackie Rabinowitz. I think he's what, 12, 13, 10? Something yeah, like that. He's, he's young. Young, yeah. He's young. Is that, is that a jazz joint? 
singing, doing very well, like kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, a family friend. Shucking and jiving. Shucking and jiving, doing all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, a family friend. Uh, I can't remember his first name. I think he says Moisha Yulson. Uh, not not to be confused with Brandy's Moisha. Moisha. I think it's Moisha. Moisha. I apologize for butchering the name. He appears and gets himself a drink at this jazz joint, and spots Jackie. Finishes his beer, runs home, and snitches on him. You know what I mean? Good thing he finished his beer, of course. Cantor, Ruben with Jackie's father, is quite upset about this news, goes to the jazz joint, picks up Jackie, uh, makes a big scene at the bar, brings him home. It's clear he's going to whoop his ass. Which, yeah, which he, he does. Before I mean, he does, before he does, Jackie says, if you beat me or if you whatever, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll run away and you'll never see me again. Exactly. He gives an ultimatum. And predictably, Jackie gets his ass whooped. Correct. Uh, they do it behind closed doors. They don't. Off-screen. They don't have sound for it. So, um, so they're po- focusing on his mom. Yeah, the mom kind of gets a case of the vapors. What passes out? You say she faints, passes out. Pass she out, she puts like, her head down. Have like, she, time, she's having right? a hard time yeah, doing it. Exactly. She's not pleased that her husband is beating the shit out of her son. Which I mean, that's that's quality parenting, I think, on her end. Yes. Not so much on the dad. Agreed. Exactly. Things, but, things have changed. Yeah. Yeah, assault was assault was okay back then. I that was just as minor children, but uh, so so yeah, he does what any good kid would do after getting you know the shit kicked out of him by his daddy, and you know he true to his word, he, he dips. He dips out. He escapes. Uh, he does come back though at one point, and he steals a picture of his mother. And he's able to come back and steal that picture at a time when he was supposed to be at the synagogue performing with his father. Yes. So like that was a, a central part. Like he he dipped out and he missed that performance. It was kind yeah. of a big deal. And so, uh, you know, Starlight, 10 years have passed now. Uh, Jackie Rabinowitz has changed his name to Jackie Robin, and he's performing at a jazz joint in Chicago. And he's very good. Like, he kicks ass. So, like, this is the, this is the scene, this is the place where he speaks for the first time, where he interacts with the audience. Like, he has yeah. a famous line. Yeah. He says, uh, he's famous for saying, oh, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. Like, so, so basically, just for people that don't know, Al Jolson was a superstar back in the day. Like, 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 like from 1911 to 1936, there was no bigger star. Like, he had 80, 80 number one hits. He was, like, 16 sold-out shows at the Winter Garden. Like, he was a, a monster. It's like a Beyonce level. Exactly. And so anybody that had seen him knows that this is his trademark line. Sure. And so as I'm watching the film, like, you know, it's silent film the whole time. And when it happens, it, I thought it was cool. And not much. This is 2017. So I can only imagine what... It was like back then when folks first saw it. You know what I mean? I, when I first saw it, I kind of felt like... It must have felt like what the next generation felt like when they saw The Wizard of Oz, when it went from black and white to color. It was just very cool. Yeah. He says, you ain't heard nothing yet, and then he starts singing. And he can sing, man. He's, he's very good. Like, there must have been a reason that he was such a superstar during this time. As he's singing, a, a new character enters. Her name is Mary Dale, and she is quite impressed by Jack singing and invites him to, uh, to perform with her on a tour. So they go all around the country for about a week. After this week's over, uh, Mary telegram that she's been invited to New York, dips out on Jack. Peace out. It's predictable. Jack is, uh, they're, about to, they're about to head out to another town. They're sitting in the train station. Jack gets a telegram telling him that he's been canceled. He's not going to the next stage. Right? They kind of play with his emotions a little bit. They kind of, they kind of mess with him. And you wait a little bit. It's kind of tense. And then finally it's revealed that he's going to New York for a Broadway audition. Pretty cool. He uh, he goes home. Rather, he gets back to New York. Oh, before he leaves, I'm sorry. There's a pulse to his heritage. Before he leaves, there's a concert where a cantor comes and, and sings. So this is the first time where he's kind of like getting pulled back to what 
what's going to be like a central theme in the movie where mm-hmm. like the family's trying to get him back to come sing at the at the synagogue and he wants to be a jazz singer or performer. So again, he he, he has this concert. It bothers him. Whatever. He uh he then goes to New York, comes home. He goes and visits his uh he goes and visits his mom. The visit with his mother is, is kind of sad, you know what I mean? Like, it hasn't seen there for a while, and, like, it's right off the bat pressure for him to come back and come sing and come hang out and come live with the family again. Yeah, usually. and that seems to be the the M.O. of everyone in his family. Just kind of... Come back, come, come back, back, come back. back. And so, like, uh, when he comes back home, like, they also, this is the first time where they, uh, they have a, a moment, like, they have a, a actual communication where they start talking, like... It's the first time anybody hears this. Again, I, I thought it was pretty cool when I saw it here. I can only imagine what it must have been like back then. That would have been sweet. Like, they're actually talking. Like, you understand he's before. playing the piano for his before, mom. Yeah, right before. He has a little two-minute conversation. Yeah. Which it was yep. totally improvised. It was not, there was no script to it. They just started talking. And, that, and that, from, what I, from what I understand, all the dialogue that uh, L. Jolson said was, was improvised. Which, by the way, we say this is a talkie. And it is technologically amazing. But we should be honest. There's only like two minutes of actual talking there's, in there's, this movie. There's two scenes where he talks, and the odd part about where they chose—and I, I mean, there may have been some technical issues or whatever—but they don't—they're not like the emotional like turning points of the movie that, where you think that they would want his no, voice. No, exactly. They're just kind of thrown. In, I mean, I can see it when he says the first like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute," you haven't heard nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's his catchphrase, and that—that that was actually pretty cool. The, the scene between him and his mom, yeah, you know, it, it, I mean, it was okay to me. It, it pulled the heartstrings. It was yeah. good. I thought it was all right. Um, but you, you would have thought that, you know, but we'll, I mean, we'll get to that point. But there's some scenes at the end of the movie that seemed it would have fit better. I hear but, you. you know. I feel you. So, basically, they have a little re- reunion. It's kind of sad. Like, uh, Jack kind of makes it better by singing a song for his mom. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's a very good performance. Camp Rubinowitz comes home and predictably there's tension and it's not a great reunion. Yeah, he like flips out because he's singing jazz in his home. Well, first, well, no, first, right? like, they, well, first it's like there's tension and then mom tries to soothe it over by talking about the birthday and and like the running joke in this movie is that they're getting him a shawl for, for a prayer shawl. Like yeah, leading yeah. up to this, there's like two scenes where they're talking about his birthday. It's like the Thai equivalent of of the 1920s. For, yeah. And so, like, sure enough, they're talking about it. Like, like he gives them the present. That's kind of cool. And then all of a sudden, Jack starts telling him what he's doing for a living and what the plan is and how he's about to go perform on Broadway. And this is where Cantor Rubinowitz really starts to be like, more of an asshole. He's already been a jerk. But, like, he's he's so irate that, that Jack's about to be singing jazz. Like, he can't get over it. Like, that, it's, and it's like... And while we were talking, like, what, what could we equate to it now? Like, you can't really equate, like, rock and roll or... Um you know, hip-hop nowadays, because that's kind of really rather ubiquitous, and, like, it's all, like, part of the culture. Like, the only thing we were saying is, like, if our, if we became porn stars... Adult film stars, yeah. And our, our parents would... Be very I'm upset. Assuming, I'm assuming... My dad might not have been so much upset. My, my mom would have lost her shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, even there, I don't think we would have got banished. Like, I know your mom, I don't want my mom. She I don't know, would have been an exactly. but it wouldn't have made for a good movie if they accepted it. Exactly. Know? Well, so I skipped ahead there. I apologize. So, you would say, for the second time, Jack's father... Banishes him, sends him away. It's, it's a, you know, it's kind of shitty of him. I think some time now passes, right after he's been banished. Uh, we learn that Jack is now involved in a program called the April Follies. They're about to have. He's, he's been offered an opportunity, uh, and they're about to do a rehearsal. At the same time, we learn that Pops has now gotten very sick. Uh, like 
Yoon comes into the rehearsal and comes and talks to Jack, lets him know that, you know, his dad lets him know about family tradition and, and puts on the hard press, you gotta come back. Yeah. Jack says no. But you can tell he's stressed out about that shit. You know what I mean? Like it's well, really I mean, like, he should be. That's all he's been hearing, right? Yeah. Like every every time he comes home, hey, you know, you, you gotta do this. You gotta, you gotta do, do this voice. You gotta do this. Sing for your father. Exactly. You're, you're, the traditions are pulling back the whole theme it, it, it's stressing them out. And, and and here's the part we have to talk about. I hate talking about this because uh, we have to bring it up. It's got to be discussed. So after his uh, after Wilson leaves, he begins to apply blackface makeup for the next rehearsal. Yeah. As he's applying the makeup, Mary Dale comes in and they start talking about you know what what's what, like, like how stressed out he is about this stuff and how he wants to be a jazz singer and how it's the most important thing. And like as he keeps putting on all the blackface and getting the makeup on, she you know kind of slides in there. Is is it is your career more important than dating me? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it's that situation. And this is where we establish where, where Jack is up to Yes, being a jazz singer, being an entertainer is the most important thing to him. Yeah, and I think what, I mean, not, we're not we're not defending the use of blackface. No, it's terrible. No, it's terrible. It's, it's racist. racist. It's stupid. It, it makes, it's just ridiculous. When you see him put it on, it, it's kind of jarring. Doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. It, it sucks. Today's mentality, it's just like, why, like, what the hell? But, you know, we're talking about a way different America. Uh, like, the 1920 census uh, extrapolated out the population to about, like, 119 million in 1927. Uh, 90% white. So you're talking so we're, we're overwhelming we're, majority of white people who probably, probably know they're being racist. Yeah. Like, like we're, we're like, putting our value judgments on what happened back then. Their values are totally different. So, like... We were talking, I was like, you're, you'd probably be at a party and your drunk uncle... Would probably put on blackface and, and, and everyone would be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy being drunk." Yeah, exactly. put on so the we so, don't advocate it. We know it's terrible. It's something that you kind of gotta accept watching this movie because you can just turn it off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, it, it, it's it's brutal. No one no one wants to see that shit. Yeah, They're and, not and, cool and, with it. and it, well, when we can get into it more later uh, when we you know come to our conclusions, but it is kind of used thematically in a way where. He's showing it's showing that he's he's changed. He's no longer, you know, the, the Jack you've been with exactly. But it's still we just want to make make people aware that they're gonna watch it because we're talking about this movie. That be prepared for that, and that you kind of got to accept it to continue watching the movie because otherwise you can just be turned off and I want to see it. And we, we don't want to yeah. lose that because again, we don't. We know it's terrible. We just don't want to. We just have to accept it to keep watching this movie. Yeah, by no means by talking about are we endorsing it. It's stupid. It's racist. No, it's not in good taste. Thank you. So continuing. So after uh, after Mary Lee's mom now shows up, puts on some more hard press while he's in blackface to 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 come back. So like, yeah, this is essentially the beginning of the end of the movie, and it's essentially kind of how the film plays out. A lot of stress, a lot of pressure for him to come back. Yeah. So he rehearses in blackface. Mom hears him and gets it, though. Like, Jack kills it. You know what I mean? He does a very good job. She says some shit like, you know, he's not my son no more. He's for the world now. Like, yeah, like, and, and it's alluded at some point in, in the movie. I don't know if it's at that scene or earlier where they say, like, he sings like his father. Right? Yeah, the voice. Of, the same cry in the voice of the his father. The cry in his voice, yeah. And, 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 I mean, Al Jolson is a good singer. I mean, it is, like we said, it, it's jarring to see him, you know, perform in blackface, but, I mean, it doesn't. You know, hide the fact that he's got a, a you know a decent singing voice, and he does, like you said, you, there's passion and and he feels in it in his work. And so he does a really good job in this rehearsal. Like everybody's stoked, you know, everybody that he works with, all of his uh, his theater crew is happy. Like it's really exciting. 
He, of course, is not stoked. He's still torn up about it. He's really depressed. Back yeah, in, you back can see at the end of, of his rehearsal that there's he's he's still conflicted. I mean, he's basically been been badgered about you know going to sing for his father um, in the synagogue since he got back to New York. Yep. And all he wants to do is just you know be a singer, be a, be a jazz singer, be a jazz and singer. have a relationship with his mom and dad. Exactly. And so, and as everybody's stoked, he ends up going back home and he actually makes peace with his father like yeah. it's cool like his father puts his hand on him it's accepted it's forgiven he's about to bounce out he's dipping out and so he's on his deathbed no mm-hmm. less yes but, I exactly. mean that I mean I, I suppose that gave him some kind of clarity clarity or like you know Clemens whatever you want to call yeah. it like yeah he moved on so he's about to dip out and as he's dipping out sure enough mom starts to put the hard press again come back to sing at the, at the synagogue come back and sing be the cantor you know, it's like you she, say. Uh, at one point, she implies that, or not even implies, just straight out says, says it. it that if you if you sing, maybe he'll get well. So a lot of pressure. It's almost like they say, pressure versus pipe. It's like it's almost like uh, yeah. Unacceptable. It's like he's he, he's being emotionally blackmailed by like everyone in the movie. And then the kicker in this scene, right? As he's trying to leave, and mom's with this Mayor Dale and the producer show up. Sure. And Another demand uh, more of his time and, yes. and, and his, his resources and his abilities. And she calls him out on the whole like I thought you know your career was everything yeah, even more important than me. me. Exactly. And like, like, so oh like, damn! What am, what am I gonna do? So you know the hard press continues and it's pretty much like Brian says. It's been a lot of since he got back. Just everybody pulling him either one way or the other. It's a lot of pressure. So Starlight. You know, there's tension now. There, there, there's, 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 there's a preview of the April Follies. They're talking about April Follies. They're showing the film of the April Follies. And we don't know if it's going to happen. We don't know if it's going to happen. Some dude comes on and says there will be no April Follies. And everyone in the crowd is hyped. They're like, oh, I heard this Jack Robin guy. He's well, catching shit, Hamas. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're all, I mean, they're rightfully disappointed. And right? he leaves his crew to lose, just like, like yeah. we were talking about. So, alone. Like, and this is one of my main, main beefs with the movie and we'll talk about it some more but like he he just left like that whole production right I'm assuming I don't know anything about Broadway shows it's not at all right right? I'm gonna just state that right now just so if I say anything wrong we know we don't know exactly we don't know there's degree of ignorance that, that is gonna be coming out of me right now but I would assume that a lot of planning and a lot of money went into this, and he just fucking shit all over them. Right? Just left them, left them hanging. And there was what? what? I don't know, 15, 20, 30, 40, 60 million, 872 people. Who knows? All those people that were working on the show just shit on, like just shit on them. And I don't, I, I don't, they don't say if the show went on, but I'm assuming it didn't because they imply that he is so important, important to the show. To the show. That and if he doesn't show up, well, fuck it, we're just not doing the show. Like. We discussed privately. Apparently, they had no idea of the concept of understudy. But understudy, yes. But again, but like we say, the show. We don't know if the show goes on because the next scene, we are now back at Jackie's parents' home. We are in Jackie's father's room. He's on his deathbed, and you kind of hear music. As we said, I think I think I forgot to mention the. Uh, it's implied that their apartment complex or their apartment is right next to the synagogue. synagogue yes. So we hear music coming through the window. They open the window more, and you hear Jackie's voice coming from the synagogue. If Kent Rubinowitz smiles, dies. Right. So now they go, they go into the synagogue. Jackie's singing, kicking ass, of course. The, uh, a ghost right. of the, the father shows up. up. 
I'm close to the fog. So like, before, like, before I go to heaven, let me just stand over here and, you know, congratulate my son for finally doing what I wanted to do. Exactly. Put his hand on his shoulder. An hour and a half fucking movie to get you to do this. Star wipe. Now, uh, Mr. Jolson is once again in blackface, uh, performing on stage. Singing Mammy. Apparently at a, a large concert called The Winter Garden. Yeah. End of movie. Yeah, and, and, and this is what... Uh, with it, so they imply with the size of his the billboard that's out there that he has once again become the superstar. He became a superstar. He's a star. So he basically just got got to do everything. Yeah. Like what what was the phrase that you used the the cake phrase? He's cake and eat it. He got to yeah. have cake and eat it, right? Yeah. Like you know what? I don't eat cake very often. So I'm not. No, in this case, like you know, like I feel like. He kind of was able to do everything he had to do. Like, you know, like he, he, he except for Paper Falls. He screwed everybody over there. He made his Pops, performed once that we know of as, as a cantor, and then bounced and went on to be his career. Yeah, like, so. like, so his arc is kind of not that well-developed. And yeah. I get it, but he still, I still think it was it was a pretty good movie. He did a pretty good job. So, like, Yeah, that's the basic plot of the movie right there. So I think that, uh, I just want to say real quick, a couple things. I think that I thought it was amazing how the dad could not get over that he was a jazz singer. Like, yeah. So that was, I mean, the level of, I mean, it's kind of cliched now, like it's where it's like the, the crazy religious dad. That you, I mean, you got, you got, it's kind of the same. <sighs> it's like the first one that they ever did. We asked for this to be yeah, the show, yeah. I guess I mean, you could Footloose yeah. is an example. Right? No, it, it, exactly. it's almost kind of like that. Like Kevin Bacon just wants to dance. Dance, right? exactly. You're, and that's then this right. dude's all like, you can't dance. dance. Yeah, exactly. Devil and shit. It was amazing. I thought that the traditional Jewish songs that were portrayed were absolutely beautiful. I thought that they did. I the thought singing was really, really the good. The performances in this movie were fantastic. I, I mean, visually, they were sometimes jarring to watch and, you know, just disappointing to watch. But, like, uh, sonically, it sounded, I mean, it, it was... Solid, right? Yeah, good singer. The jazz rehearsal scenes, I thought they were really good. Like, like I thought they were really, really cool. Like, I, yeah. I, I thought they did a good job. And I thought that, we've discussed this in the past... I enjoy when singers really feel their songs when it when it hits them in their heart. So I really like Elvis's American Trilogy or Michael Jackson's Ben. Or he really felt it in Mammy. The like, night they drove old, old Dixie, Dixie down. down. Exactly. Like you feel it. Like I thought he did a very good job feeling it. Like I, I thought that was solid. I think that this movie is fascinating on so many levels because of not just the plot, but because of like because of the technological advancements. I think that the 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 the, the backstory. I think the the, the facts that go behind it are really, really interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I do. Like, I think there are other aspects that are cool. Like, there's a there's a dude named George Jessel. So, George Jessel was the original jazz singer on the stage production. And uh, when they decided they were going to make this a movie, they contracted him for the part. They decided that they were going to make it a talkie and that he was going to sing. He asked for a raise. They said no. And then after saying no, they fired him from the job. He went and gave a job to Al Jolson. He went back oh, to be in the play. And then he says that... What, the play? The play of okay. the jazz singer, yes. So the jazz singer was initially a play, like based, yeah. on, a, based on a story. And uh, and it's been a successful play for a little bit. They wanted to make it a movie, like I say. And so the movie itself, like we said, started in October 1927, right across the street from where... Jessel is performing the jazz singer. So yeah. wait, wait, he's doing the play of the jazz singer across the street from the movie The Jazz Singer. Oh, and I the, didn't know that it was he was doing that play. And the play so. is three dollars for ticket. The movie is fifty dollars. Yeah, but I mean, 
so to be honest, there was there was probably way more talking in that dude's play. Yes, of course. Because the movie. They, they so, said, I mean, I could see why you could charge. You know, and they say that the singing, the singing in the play occurs off stage, but not in the movie. So again, at the bottom line is George Jessup just got totally screwed. Yeah, and I would way. think if uh, old Georgie Boy wanted to have his own alternative history, that he he'd would be perfect for in it. the movie. I mean, granted, oh, that that that's that's awful. It's ridiculous, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's across the street, but the movie's over here. So. <laughs> he got screwed. Oh, I think I touched on, I touched on it earlier. I just want to make sure I got the facts right. Uh, between 1911 and 1928, uh, Jolson had. Nine sellout Winter Garden shows, more than eighty hit records, and sixteen national and international tours. So that's pretty good. Dude. He was he was the Beyonce level back. Let me say that right. Yeah. Like, so, and and one thing I wanted to point out, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you ever before, but when watching the movie and watching him move, like he reminded me of like Elvis. Yes, right. He was like, dead on. He 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 swelled his hips. He was good. Exactly. He was he. He doesn't. I mean, he's kind of an odd looking dude. So I could see why he wouldn't have. Made women swole as much as Elvis did, but he moved. And so, like back to the blackface again, we want to talk about it. But the the research indicated that like he stole a lot of his move from black people. Like there's no question. Yeah, exactly. Like like, there's no doubt about it. It's it's not really discussed. What entertainment is is appropriated from other cultures. It always has been. It's even clear. And so like, so like though though it seems to be. Culture. It seems though we know that Black is a terrible movie. It seemed that it was accepted more so artistically in this movie, and not so in the case for other movies where Blackface appears. What I'm trying to get at is like it, it becomes known later that Jolson, you know, was heavily influenced by African American artists, and so it, definitely it comes through oh, in yeah, the movie yeah. where you can. He's a dancer. He's a great entertainer. The dude is really, really uh, good. And so the other things we talk about, which I think are fantastic or, or fascinating, when we talk about this movie. And not just this movie, but when I think of something good, more often than not, there are either remakes or there are parodies and people paying homage to it, right? And so, yes. the, the first, I know there are three remakes, let's only focus on the one that you know well, about. The one, the one that I paid close attention to, and maybe it's because I wanted to bring this part up, but it just seemed like the oddest one of them was a, it was like an hour-long variety show that Jerry Lewis used to have on network TV where he did... He did a remake of The Jazz Singer, uh, 1959. So, basically, same story, you know, he's a jazz singer, he's disappointing his dying father, he's not, you know, singing in the synagogue, being the cantor. But, so, I'm not going to rehash the whole plot, but at the end, right, so, well, the the main, one of the big differences is that instead of uh, putting on blackface, he puts on clown makeup. Which I hate clowns, it's terrifying. (laughs) So... So he puts on clown makeup, and then he's uh, he's at the end where he's trying where he resolves his issue with his father, and he he, he sings in the synagogue. He's wearing the clown makeup. No, no, I'm sorry. Oh, you're talking about in the movie. You're in, in, yes. the, in, in the Jerry Lewis. Yeah, yeah. In the Jerry Lewis. Now you might as well give a quick break on the plot because you have to because it it, 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 it it plays to what we're trying to get at. Like like, like he talks shit about Hitler. No, 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 I haven't, I haven't got oh, to that part my fault. yet. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm continue. I apologize. The plot of the Jazz Singer remake. I, I mean, we already just talked the about that. My fault. I didn't mean to interrupt. My anyway, fault. So you're so, right. So when so when you see Jerry Lewis at saying. the end of the movie I'm wearing wrong. wearing clown makeup, he just looks goofy, right? It's you. like it would yes. be akin to uh, 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 Al Jolson being in blackface in, in the, at the synagogue. synagogue. I got I'm you sure all the, the white dudes that were in there, they would have been like, 
What's he doing? I think he's somewhat a little bit nuts. <laughs> right, right. So he's wearing claw makeup, and it just seems okay, right? No yes. one's. But anyhow, so it's like, well, where have I seen Jerry Lewis wearing claw makeup? If you go on YouTube, you can uh, find parts of this movie called "The Day the Clown." Uh, is it? I think it's the day the clown cried, or is it the day the clowns cried? The day the clown cried. The day the clown cried. So it was. Uh, 1972-ish ne- movie has never been released. Jerry Lewis says it's ne- it never will be, and for the following reasons, he he plays a circus clown in in uh, Nazi Germany. Apparently, had a couple drinks at a bar like circus clowns will do, and started talking shit about Hitler, and he got uh, he got arrested, thrown into a concentration camp, where I'm not sure of the exact you know beat for beat, but he ends up ends up. Uh, Putting his clown makeup back on and entertaining uh, mainly children. The children, right, yeah, yeah. So, make a long story short, he apparently at the end of the movie unwittingly pied pipers these said children to a gas chamber, and the day of the clown cried. Yeah, it was like, well, why the fuck would you make like like wh- like when you're talking about like oh, reading the script, you're like, you know what? Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I think this one's got Oscar written all over it. I'm gonna put clown makeup on and kill a whole bunch of kids. Oh, It'll be great. Yeah, so. Yeah, and it, 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 uh, Harry Shearer, the guy who does Homer Simpson's voice, I, I read that he actually watched the movie and he referred to it as a perfect object in that it is so perfect in its terribleness that you can't make it any more terrible by adding terribleness to it. So a perfect object was not a compliment. No, and hopefully they won't be saying that about this podcast. <laughs> Hope not. But <laughs> we'll see. You know, it's... We're not we we're not pipe pipering anyone to a gas chamber. Exactly. Hopefully, that. anytime soon, ever. Jeez. But so that movie never seen the light of day. But anyhow, it, it's just an odd, an odd thing. So they made that they, they made that movie, which wasn't so good. They had another make another remake that was pretty popular with Neil Diamond. Came out in 1980. Another remake uh, in 1952 with Danny Thomas. Again, pretty popular material. We as children were probably first introduced to it in a Warner Brothers cartoon where an owl named. Uh, Al Jolson sings popular ditties, and then the one that probably hits us closest to home, or the one that we know more about this movie, the most the most significant reference is uh, from a Simpsons episode, like Father Like Clown, where this episode parallels uh, is paralleled in the sense that instead of being a jazz singer, Krusty becomes a clown, and the father cannot stand he's a clown. And right? like Krusty's well, name is Herschel. Herschel, right? exactly. Herschel. Yeah. So again, this movie. It's a big deal. Like, like there's, there's, it has an influence. Yeah, and, and and we were talking before that, like, I mean, it might not have been when that episode aired, but to be, you know, uh, satired on the Simpsons, on, on the Simpsons is, it's, it's like the gold standard for cultural significance. And we're talking about an episode 1991, parodying a movie from 1927. So yeah. like, it's a big deal. That's like, big that, that's solid. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's, there's two other things I want to discuss in terms of cultural references, just real quick. The jazz singer, the most Poignant cultural reference is that it's it's kind of the backstory to a famous movie called Singing in the Rain, in which the sing, yeah. Singing in the Rain is, is about changing a movie in that movie to a talking based on the success of of a, of a, of, a, of a, the the jazz the jazz singer, excuse me. Sure. And so the last thing I want to say in 1996, uh, the jazz singer was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry of culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant motion pictures. In 1998, the film was chosen in voting conducted by American Film Institute as one of the best American films of all time, ranking it at number 90. So, that's The Jazz Singer. And so, like I say, with all this in mind, I'm of the opinion that this movie, 
again, I, my, my thesis is this movie deserves to have been, or this movie should have been nominated for Best Picture. Well, that's where our, our starting point was, and I guess at the a logical question right now would be, well, Rod, do you think it deserves? Yeah, it? absolutely. In my opinion, it's it's really good. Like we've discussed in the past, how like the Academy Awards, though we don't always agree with them or even like them, in the discussion for this film, uh, have looked at other technologically significant movies. And they were nominated for Best Picture as well as as being good movies. So like we talk about Star Wars, which was one of our favorite movies of all time, uh, and it has great special effects. After its special effects, it kind of affects how special effects are done in movies. Sure. Like we talked about Avatar, which I personally don't think is a very good movie, no. but the special effects, the 3D, the colors yeah. in that movie affect how movies are still being made. You know what I mean? Like, and it was nominated for several awards. Then we talked about Gone with the Wind was another one that like was technologically significant in terms of how they were able to Just film the, the in the breadth scope. and the scope of the movie was so massive you know for that for, for a movie being made at that time just like a monumental task again nominated for best picture yeah. I think it won everything uh, a movie called Titanic which I've never seen uh, again same thing like it was supposed to be fantastic in terms of it's, it's advancements in the film and it's still how it affected other movies and uh, and lastly yeah I've never uh, I've never seen Titanic, but they, I mean, they sink the Titanic, so I mean, that's got to be worth, worth, at least worth an Oscar now. Right? Won a ton of Oscars. Yeah. And like we said, there, this movie, since this movie wasn't nominated for a Best Picture, but was important in my opinion, it, it reminded me of another movie we talked about. It reminded me more like Jurassic Park, in that when Jurassic Park came out, the dinosaurs looked real. Like They still look real. They still look I mean, very good. scaring the shit out of my kids to this day, you know, and, and it's, what, 20-odd years? The special it's effects in that film out. were fantastic and amazing, and again, still affecting the way that, that movies are made now. So, like, yeah. in my opinion, this movie was the harbinger of bad news for the silent movie era. Like, yeah, it ended it, everything. It was, like, like yeah. it, as soon as that happened, the rest of the films were... Uh, talkies and not again until 2011 where a movie that's a silent movie there's another movie I just thought of that was groundbreaking The Artist well not that no, uh, The Dark Knight was probably it could you could argue that it's that, that was the Best picture pinnacle of, the year. Of, of comic book movies and they just kind of that one they gave it to Heath Ledger which was great but again the movie could have been nominated for more absolutely so like so and like I say after this movie everything changed I, I really think that this movie Without a doubt, merits an alternative history. Should have been nominated for this Academy Award. Yeah. So, when I think about the movie, like itself, just story-wise, it it kind of fell apart for me when he came back to New York. Um, it basically was just a series of scenes where he's being badgered, badgered <laughs> to do something, and maybe it's the rage of parenthood inside of me where you're constantly being asked to do something by someone like just like my kids are like daddy 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 <laughs> it just drives you nuts it just makes you want to just go fucking great so I, I can I can relate to being like constantly badgered you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. And just and it just seems and I he played it cool on the movie but I was slowly losing my mind watching it because, I mean, there's the scene where uh, Moisha comes in and tells him your dad's ill, you need to come sing for him, and then... The mom does it every time, yeah. And, like, and Mary's and doing it. And you need it. to sing, and, and, and then, yeah, uh, Mary's saying, you know, is, is your, are you are you really, is your career really, you know, your number one thing in your life? And, 
and then um, and then he comes back, and then it, even after his dad, you know, decides to you know let bygones be got bygones, he's like still, still like they're still, still giving him crap, right? Yep, absolutely. Like you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just we're, we're cool. He could die any minute, and then he won't even know. But he, I guess he doesn't he doesn't know that his ghost is gonna watch him sing later. But right. But like. <sighs> For me, like I said, I think the that we're differing on that aspect of it is that I felt it was pretty thematic. Like, the whole movie, I sure. feel like he's getting torn apart from the pressures of either sticking with his family traditions or going to do what he wants to do. And at the end of that, I kind of feel like there's no real payoff because he does both. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't yeah, lose I anything. And, I, I get and, that. And, and he fucks over an entire <laughs> Broadway production. <laughs> just just made it like a tiny, you know, Broadway recession. Yeah. Because he wanted to to please his dying father. Finally, you know, if he would have just done that shit real quick when he was like thirteen, maybe we wouldn't have a movie. I understand that I'm I'm kind of just like dismissing the entire existence of the movie by doing this, but at the same time, it just seems that these the scenes at the end just didn't. I just they, they didn't they didn't. I was with the movie all the way until you know where he, where he he got the show got the big break I hear you. and then from there it just kind of seemed like a, the movie kind of got repetitive and fell apart for me it makes sense I hear the, you the tech the technology that they use the the, the Vitaphone um, did we discuss that I, I think we forgot to discuss it that's, that's a good yeah. point thank you for bringing that up I thought that yes that was fantastic like I think or I think that's fascinating is what I'm trying to say like yeah. from what I read about this is that they'd already made Movies with sound. It was like soundtrack and sound effects. This was a synchronized disc, syncing, yeah. synchronized disc system, and it apparently was six discs and fifteen different synchronized changes. And they were syncing with like with parts of the movie. They were syncing with with the, the movements of mouths. I don't know everything. if you've ever watched like a YouTube clip or like any anywhere that where the where the mouth Sounds is off. moving it's and terrible. Sound, yeah, it, it, it's discombobulating and it it, it doesn't feel right. And, and could you imagine fucking up like when you're watching the movie yeah. then like no I mean, but, I, mean there, I mean I don't know there must have been an extensive like boot camp or something for these projectors cause, cause like how you, you go your entire job is just put the movie on you put this, like if there's any like music that plays whenever you just play it yep. and if it's off for like a, a couple seconds Agreed. it doesn't really yeah, matter yeah, cause yeah. it's not syncing with anything to all of a sudden like you can't have a smoke you can't drink you can't, can't do up. anything. Nope. You, you screwed you, up. You're screwing up a whole experience for everybody. It, it, yeah. It's not very good. Not no, that so drinking on the job is, is acceptable. Condone, but <laughs> right, you should do that. It might have been. Might have been. So, yeah. so I take it then. So, so you know, with all of that together, I just to me, the movie itself, it to me does not stand up to what I would consider to be an Oscar-nominated movie. Um, the technology, like, I don't think, I mean, there is evidence from movies that were, you know, breakthroughs, um, you know, technology-wise, they got nominated. And then there's evidence for movies that were breakthroughs that didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily convinced that this falls into the, you know, Titanic, Star Wars, Avatar, Gone with the Wind category. I, got you. I think, I think my alternative history would be that it, it, it does not get an Oscar now for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I think there you have it then. As he says, in his alternative history, no nomination. And in my alternative history, this movie certainly gets an, gets a nomination for Best Picture. So again, this was alternative history. Tell us what you think. Were we full of shit? You know, were we, as Brian said, a perfect object? Well, like, let us know. Uh, reach us again at... 
at alternative history podcast at gmail.com. Tweet uh, us at at alt history at I'm sorry, alternative history at alt history PC. And you know, send us your ideas, what you thought of the podcast. Are you a childhood perm survivor? <laughs> Let us know. You know, there's any other ideas if you don't like if yeah. you or do we suck, we do better, what can we do to get better? If if you guys have better ideas for alternative history, Rod's share voice with us. Make you want to <laughs> kneel down and cry. No, you know, I'm sure you guys like my voice. So there you have it. Again, join us next week where we'll discuss whether or not uh, Metallica's "And Justice for All" should have won a Grammy for Best Metal Performance. Going against Jethro Tull, no less. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Peace. <laughs>